everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, I'm doing great. Looking forward to uh, sharing everything that we've got for uh, NFL Week 17 with our listeners. Yeah, and before we get into this, I was just thinking this morning when I woke up, imagine if we didn't have the 18-game season and we still had the old 17-game season. How do you think that playoff race would look right now? Oh my God, no, there'd be so much more priority put on the schedule. I mean, look, first off, it's already a short week, rather a short season, right? Right. And with, with that being said, like every game really, really does matter. Uh, I mean, the Jets, the Jets looked pretty darn good about eight weeks ago. Uh, now we're really wondering, you know, were they a fraud really from day one? And it, it's just something, look, well, we'll obviously talk about them and their game in Seattle, but with with a 17-game, or rather a 17-week schedule, that really does change quite, quite a bit once again. I'd have to reconsider a lot in terms of how everything would actually go. Strength the schedule, uh, you know, what what exactly they have to build themselves up for if they're actually even playoff caliber. So... Uh, you know, I, I've mentioned an awful lot. Hey, it's that 10 win mark that you need to get to. Yeah, maybe with a 17-week uh, schedule, maybe not. Yeah, and you also have to wonder with injuries. You look at some big injuries right now. Tua with the concussion, Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson, Jordan Davis, some other big names from that Eagles staff. Lamar Jackson still injured. But if we if we had a 17-game season, there is that's one less week for some of these players to get healthy by the playoffs. So... I know that the, as many as probably there are some teams that are wishing it was still 17 games. There are probably a lot more teams that are happy that it's 18 games. Agreed. But but that we are at 18 games, and I bet in the next few years we'll get to 19, maybe eventually 20. Who knows? Football is money, and owners want to cash in on the money. So we'll talk about that for another day. But let's get into week 17, and I wanted to jump straight to the Monday night game because that is obviously the biggest showdown of the week, and we have the Bills and Bengals, which could be a preview maybe of an AFC championship game. Who knows? But I don't think, Robert, there's any doubt that these team, these two teams are two of the best teams in the league. So what are we looking at right now for the odds of this game? Yeah, this this really is as, as good a game as you could build – any kind of schedule with here, you know, as we're so late into the season, uh, Buffalo on the road uh, opened a one point favorite, the total 49 and a half. Allie, it has not budged. Yeah, I definitely am taking the over. I will, I will say that much on the game. I think that this is going to be billed as a shootout. I think it will be a shootout. I definitely see both teams reaching close to 30 points in this game. I think the Buffalo defense has taken a big hit since Von Miller went out. Cincinnati, while they have an improved defense, it's still one to contend against Josh Allen and the rest of the Buffalo crew. But I'd like to say I was surprised that the Bengals were underdogs, but then I wasn't surprised. I feel like dating back to last season, the Bengals still just don't get the, the respect that they deserve. So I'm not surprised that the Bengals are slight favorites. And in that case, I've still been riding with the Bengals heavy since last season, and I'm going to go with them again at home on Monday night. How about you, Robert? Uh, I mean, Ali, look, ever since those first two games where they kind of tripped out of the box, 
The Bengals have looked absolutely incredible. And by the way, in their last 23 games, they are 20 and three against the spread. It's a it's a historic run. You got to go back almost two decades to see a, a run like this from uh, you know a spread perspective. You know, from a bookmaking perspective, I see a pretty clear injury report for Cincinnati. I don't really see much in the way of them being stopped. Uh, whether there's uh, throws into uh, Chase's hands or into Higgins' hands, I think the Bengals are going to be able to march down the field and. That punter might want to take the day off, to be honest. Uh, I, with that being said, playing at home uh, in a really, really good, good game for them. I think the position is good for them to win this game. So I'll take uh, the Bengals here in the matchup against the Bills. Yeah, and while it's still an outside shot to get the, the number one seed, because it looks like Kansas City will have that wrapped up. Kansas City, both the, their remaining games are against teams sub-500. But the Cincinnati Bengals still have to play for the division lead. They have Baltimore right behind them, so there's still that to take into account. I think Cincinnati is really going to play to the toughest. It, they, they, You looked at when they played the Chiefs a few weeks ago. They really stepped up their game. They really still want to prove they are the team to beat. And I just think that the Bills have just been struggling lately. Yes, they blew out the Bears last week, but that's the Bears. But they struggled against the Dolphins a few weeks ago on that on that Saturday night game. They had a tough time when they played in Detroit. The Bills just haven't looked that dominant. Would you agree with that, Robert? I, I definitely am going to agree with you. I don't really see much in the way of, of, of any kind of friction against that. You know, to be honest, Allie, you hit this one right on the head. Yeah. Well, both Robert and I are going with the Bengals on that. Are you siding with the over or the under as well, Robert? Uh, well, if I just take a look at how this game is going to play itself out, I'm projecting the Bengals to come in right around 27, 28 points. Uh, Buffalo around 24. Boy, that's pretty darn close. I guess it's an over. Yeah, I'm going with the over as well. All right, let's move on to a game that probably a few weeks ago people didn't think we were going to have playoff implications, but now they do. And we have the Vikings and the Packers in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers wanted to run the table. They might actually run the table. So what are the odds here, Robert? So we opened up Green Bay kind of high. Uh, I thought it was going to be too high, uh, but really not so much. We opened up Green Bay as a four-point favorite. Got bit down a bit to three and a half. So it's kind of trickling right around there, depending on, on your shop. So three and a half, the total set to 47. Moved all the way up to 49 before settling at 48. I do like the under on that one. And the reason why is I just don't think Minnesota has a ton to play for. They have the division wrapped up. There's no way they're going to get the number one seed. I think that this is Green Bay's game to lose. It's a, it's a rematch from week one when the Vikings did beat Green Bay and sent Green Bay it's spiraling down. Green Bay has just been playing with so much confidence the past few weeks. Aaron Rodgers has that rolling. It might be a different story if they were in Minnesota, but they're playing in Green Bay. The weather is going to be freezing cold. I don't think Kirk Cousins plays as well outdoors in the cold as he does when he's inside the Dome in Minnesota. I don't think that the number's too high. I actually think it's right. I think Green Bay probably wins by a touchdown. If you look at the Vikings' losses, Robert, when they have lost this year, they've gotten blown out. I think that's something that the listeners should take into account. You know, they got blown out by the Eagles. They got blown out by the Cowboys. They lost by a solid touchdown, I believe, to Detroit. But if you if you look at that game, Detroit was in the lead by, by double digits almost the entire game. I think the Packers win very comfortably here. How about you? 
this is too close to call for me. Uh, even at three and a half, it makes me want to go and lean on Minnesota uh, only because of just, I, I've got them pretty darn close in the, the power ranks heading into week 17. I'll have that posted probably by tomorrow morning for everyone to view on our website. Uh, but I honestly think with the game being at three and a half, my my first trigger is to grab those points. Uh, I could definitely say Green Bay wins this, despite having a little bit of concerns of, of whether or not Watson's going to start or how many uh, snaps he's going to get. Uh, so ultimately, what I'm, what I'm figuring is that this game probably falls in Green Bay's favor. They'll pick up the win. Just really not too sure if they're going to get the cover. I know you like to see them run the table here, uh, but I, I, I'll i probably go ahead and, and lean on grabbing three and a half with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I could see that definitely. I know people still are wondering why Green Bay is favored, but you can't just look at a record. Green Bay has been playing a lot better in recent weeks. They're healthy. The Vikings, let's, Robert and I have emphasized on this podcast, their run point differential is just a ridiculous five on the year. Every game, it seems like, is a one-score game that they end up winning. I like Green Bay here. I think that they they have more to play for. I don't think I could see Minnesota if they fall behind 10 early, just maybe even taking their starters out. Like I said, they have the division wrapped up. They're not going to get the number one seed. So I'm going with Green Bay and the under. Robert, too close to call. All right, let's move on to the other game, which is very interesting. That's why I wanted to highlight this one. And we have the Dolphins and the Patriots. Dolphins and Patriots both vying for that final wildcard position. I wrote a blog about it, about all the contenders for the final wildcard position, along with the AFC South between the Jaguars and the Titans. But, Robert, this is going to have a different look to it. Obviously, two is not playing. We have Teddy Bridgewater stepping in, who I think is a solid backup, and going against the Patriots, who have just been in a mirror of controversy the past few weeks. We know against the Raiders where they had the botch backwards lateral. Mac Jones got a lot of heat this week for his dirty play on Eli Apple. So what are we looking at here for the odds? So, yeah, in a, in a matchup here where I honestly didn't think they'd be separated by one game, Dolphins at 8-7, and seven, the Patriots at 7-8. and eight. Uh, Miami opened up as a one-point road favorite. Uh, as news started to trickle out that, in fact, uh, Tago Vailoa wasn't going to play, uh, I could – Go ahead and just throw in my little editorial here and say I don't think he should have even played any more in his career uh, at, at the at the site of that first injury uh, at the start of the year. Uh, we went to pick, uh, and then ultimately we're now at Patriots all the way up to three-point favorite at home, the total now 42, Ali. And listeners know from me saying this, I heard a long time ago, Wise Better told me, Always, that he always likes backing elite elite teams with their backup quarterbacks. While I don't necessarily put Miami in that elite category, I do put their offense in that elite category when they are churning. I think Teddy Bridgewater is probably a top five backup in this league. I think he's going to fit in nicely. Let's not forget, Robert, during their four-game losing streak, Tua Tagovailoa, it could be argued, has been the reason that they have been losing. His completion percentage is down during the last four games. It's only about 52%. He's thrown, I believe, five interceptions the last four games after throwing only three in his games prior to that. I think Teddy Bridgewater might be might be a little bit of an upgrade considering how two has played in recent weeks. How about you? Uh, there's no better way to break a streak than to 
break a scheme, uh, and, and this is definitely the case here. Miami is just absolutely in a spiral in the month of December, Ali. Uh, but with Teddy Bridgewater, obviously, he's had plenty of mileage on his tires. He he knows the NFL schemes. He definitely knows the Dolphins playbook. He's been there and been part of every single practice. Uh, I actually really, really like them getting points here. I have Miami still rated higher than New England, even with the quarterback change. Uh, so I, I think getting three here is, uh, is is a really nice spot here for the Miami Dolphins backers. I agree with you. And if you are at this point of the season, if you're asking me to like any points with Mac Jones as quarterback for the New England Patriots, I just can't pull the trigger on that one. It, it, I, I think Mac Jones is probably going to be their backup next year. I think the Patriots are going to go hard after Garoppolo or another free agent, maybe make a trade. I, I think that Mac Jones has made some enemies in that clubhouse and that fan base as well. But I agree with you, Robert. I think that the Dolphins are on the right side. I, I think the Dolphins win this game. I like the money line bet. Unfortunately, I do. If you read in my blog, I think the Miami might lose to the Jets next week. That's going to be we'll talk about that later. But I think Miami will miss the playoffs still. But for this week against the Patriots, I know it's in New England. I know that Miami has a history of struggling in New England. But I think Teddy Bridgewater, the guy knows how to play. He's going to step up and he's going to lead the Patriots to victory. And if the Patriots do lose this game, Robert, you know, what is your prediction on Mac Jones? Is he going to be there next season? Well, like who else could they possibly go for, right? Uh, Garoppolo, but we talked on Monday. We don't think that that's the best place he's going to pick. Right, exactly. I don't don't think that's going to be an option for him. Uh, It's going to be a tough, tough sled. they're not going to be able to go into the draft. They're they're not ones to go and put in a rookie. I mean, they already have two very, very young, right. you know, like two very green quarterbacks. Uh, they'll have to make a, a pretty, a, a pretty big check to be written out to some quarterback out there. I just don't know uh, if anyone that's going to be available is going to be able to bring them over the top into double digit wins in a regular season, unless, unless, they find a way to really strengthen their defense because that's something that's obviously been lacking for them down the stretch. Yeah, we'll see what ha- how that plays out. All right, the final game I wanted to highlight is obviously going to be my New York Giants going against the Colts this week. The Colts just had one of probably the worst Monday night showings I saw from a quarterback with Nick Foles stepping in. I had the Colts covering... As I think on the first play, Robert, I was like, oh, my gosh, what, what was I thinking? Nick Foles can't even play quarterback anymore. That was just an atrocious showing. But he gets to start again against the Giants. And I will say, even though it's a win and we're in, I'm a bit nervous, but I'll get to that in a minute. But what are we looking at for the odds here, Robert? It's a great point, Ali. And so when I opened up this game on uh, on Monday morning, we opened up the Giants as a three-point favorite with a total of 40 and a half. And uh, yeah, Nick Foles, I, I guess he only does well when he's an Eagle because the line moved all the way to three and a half, four and a half. And now we're parked at the Giants six points favorite and the total 38. So it wasn't so much the spread, the number that worried me when this opened up. But I was when I was looking at the amount of people backing the Giants is what worried me. It kind of resembles when the Lions were playing the Giants a few weeks ago. The ton of a ton of bets were on the Giants. It was one of the few times we were favored this year, and we totally got blown out with this game. I know Pete, I, I'm a better that doesn't do the knee jerk reaction. 
I know how bad Nick Foles was on Monday night. Do I think he's going to be as bad this game? No, I actually think it's going to be a very close game. I still like my Giants to win, bias aside, but I actually think that it's going to come down to a pretty close game because we're the New York Giants. We don't blow anyone out. We don't. Giving us six points to lay is a lot. What do you think, Robert? That's amazing you said that. I'm trying to like look around and see how many double-digit wins, uh, double-digit score wins that the Giants have this year. And it's just not something that the Giants do. They win. They win close ones. They don't exactly blow anybody out. Uh, man, Nick Foles. You'd have to go back to the Texans. I think we were, what, eight-point favorites, six-point favorites against the Texans, and we managed to cover. Managed to cover that one and look at Houston now. So, uh, look, there, there's no reason. Obviously, the Colts will you know come up with some kind of a showing. I just don't know if they're going to bring anything close to, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at this game and I'm saying Colts probably 12 points, nine points. You know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of field goals. Maybe they crack to 13 or 14. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this is one of the very few games this week 17 that I think the favorite does cover. So I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, say that the Giants win and cover this one against the Colts team that just I I don't think that they really can piece anything together here down the last couple of weeks they haven't in the last month right I'm obviously going to take the Giants in my office pools I, I could never go against my team that's just my mantra even though I won't bet my team I'll never pick against them but if you were going to ask me bias aside a betting person I would just say that spread is just something I don't want to touch I don't know how the Colts are going to show up I don't know if maybe they've just given up on the season. I mean, Robert, this is their third quarterback, and all three of their quarterbacks just looked awful all year. They don't have Jonathan Taylor anymore, but their defense still is a good defense. I would just say my lean here would be the under. How about you? Under is a fair play, right? And so now that I'm thinking about, like, right, I'm, I'm scheming even further. I'm trying to find what that final score is going to look like. Maybe I can you're right. I mean, they've had so many quarterbacks that just are just running this table so you could just get to the end of the season. I could see maybe here even a pick six by the Giants. Yep. Uh so this one, this one's definitely gonna go under the 40. Uh so 38. Yeah, I could definitely see him going under 38 as well. Yeah, that's gonna be the play. So I'm I'm hopeful. I am hopeful Monday when Robert and I have this podcast that I can celebrate having our first playoff berth since 2016. Uh, uh, I'll still be drinking champagne from New Year's Eve. If that happens, I'll be so excited. So let's, let's hope for a good week, Robert. All right. Well, let's move on to the rapid fire round because again, we have 16 games this week. It's a full slate. So I just wanted to dive deep into four of the biggest ones. And let's right now start with the Thursday night game tomorrow night, Robert, because the spread's pretty high. We have the Cowboys and Titans, but the Titans don't really have much to play for this game. They can't get a wild card. There's no scenario that they'll get the final wild card spot. So really all they have to play is next week when they take they take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the winner of that game, even if the Jaguars win this week, is going to win the, the AFC South. So there's been question whether Mike Vrabel is going to rest his players for that game. What is the spread right now with, with the uncertainty even surrounding Vrabel and his players? I want to say that this line is made 
with starters being benched for Tennessee. Right. Uh, so it went sky high. Dallas is an 11 point favorite. The total opened 42 and a half and then dropped to 40 and a half, which then even uh, more solidifies my my feelings that this is the right the right number and the right total alley. Yeah, I always take the under Thursday nights. And Robert talked about on Monday how primetime under has been almost a, almost a lock almost every week. So I definitely love the under here. That is a lot of points to lay, but Dallas has an outside shot of winning that division. They'd have they'd have to have everything go right for them. They'd have to have the Eagles lose their last two. They'd have to win their last two, which is feasible. We don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to be like for the Eagles. We don't know if, if they're going to rest their starters week 18 against the Giants. But I think that Tennessee is basically just going to show up and play their secondary team. Why show the Jaguars anything this week? You get 10 days to prep for the big game of the year. I think that this is just going to be their B squad. I think Derrick Henry probably will be out by halftime. I'm going with the Cowboys. It's a high number, but I'm back in the Cowboys with this one. How about you, Robert? I think the Cowboys eat. They absolutely eat Thursday night. Uh, And we'll probably see uh, CeeDee Lamb hit the end zone. I think uh, both... Pollard and Emmett Smith hit the end zone. Uh, you're absolutely right. This this is this is a game that Tennessee doesn't want. They don't they don't want anything to do with the smoke of this game. They just want to rest, be healthy for the game that matters, which is actually in Week 18. So, um, man, no, I, I can't even see a back door here. I don't. Uh, I, I think that the number continues to climb as we get closer to game time tomorrow night. Uh, so. I honestly think we'll probably see this one probably land on the, the non-correlated situation where we have the favorite cover and go under. Yeah, totally agree. All right, let's move on to the Browns and Commanders. Browns no longer contending for anything. Commanders, they need to win. We just received word a few hours ago. It looks like Wentz is back as the starter. Robert, what's the spread here? We honestly thought that we weren't going to see Wentz anymore, but here he is. Yep. <laughs> Uh, two commanders, a two point favorite and the total 40 and a half alley. I listen, this is not an elite team with a back with a good backup quarterback. I'm going with the Browns on this one. It seems every week with Deshaun Watson, they are playing a little better. I just think Carson Wentz is a train wreck. It reminds me of last year, Indianapolis needed to win just one more of its game of its final two. They were playing both games against teams under 500. They lost both of them. I think Wenz is just a train wreck, like I just said earlier. I'm going with the Browns not only to cover, but to win here, Robert. How about you? Oh, God, Ali, you got to. I got to come up with something here. This is just a really ugly, ugly game. One team's out of it. Another team is hanging on by its last frayed string. Uh, right now, if I see the news is from really, I, I really would like to see a, a, a clean, a clean plate here for Nick Chubb, who still has his foot injuries, probable Sunday. Uh, so it makes me think that he will play. Uh, if he was like completely healthy, I really would like Cleveland in this spot. Uh that being said, to me, the only thing that you know comes anything close to an opinion would probably see 
50. The game go under the total. I don't think anyone gets to 20 points. So the first to 18 wins this one, Allie. Yeah, the under, I, I'm very much with you on that one. I'm going to take the Browns because the Browns don't have the best defense, but they have a good defense against the run. I think that they're going to be able to limit Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson, and that's going to be the commander's game plan. I don't think that they're going to trust Wentz a lot. They haven't trusted Wentz all year. Why finally trust him when he's on the line? So it is going to be a very low-scoring game. I'm going to agree with you on the under. All right, how about a game with another big playoff implications, Jets and the Seahawks. Seahawks just couldn't win since they went to Germany and got beat by Tom Brady. They won They've lost five of their last six. The Jets have been struggling as well, but Zach Wilson is benched once again. Mike White, their savior, is back. What are we looking at for the spread here, Robert? <laughs> you just said Mike White is the Jets' savior. This remembers, I'm remembering this goes back a little bit. But when... If you told me at the beginning of the season Mike White <laughs> is the Jets' savior, I would have said who? Like I'd have to Google it, and then you can't even Google Mike White. You would probably be like 50th on the Google search list because how many Mike Whites are there in the world? <laughs> right, and so this is this just shows you just what what kind of of a number um, Zach is versus versus Mike. So the game opened pick, uh, and now it climbed as high as Jets two and a half. It's down to one and a half right now. With a total set to 42 and a half alley. I mean, it, it's like, I don't know. I mean, they, they need to beat a team, the Jets do, uh, that they wave. They 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 wave their, their this quarterback. And now uh <laughs> now Geo Smith's an all-pro. How did this happen? Uh the Jets lost five of their last six. Um, their defense is still absolutely stellar. Uh, but but they're walking into real, real hostile territory. Um, this this is one where I, I kind of scratched my head and I didn't think that the Jets should be favorite anymore, anywhere, anytime. Uh, so I, I, I'm looking here at Seattle for me. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Jets on this one. I like the Jets to win and to cover. I think the Jets actually will finally make the playoffs. I think they beat Miami next week. I think they win this week. Seattle is a very tough spot to play but the Seahawks are hurting a lot. Tyler Lockett is out for the rest of the season. That's a big loss of them. Geno Smith, even though he's a pro baller, he just hasn't looked the same the past few weeks during the winning streak. Not to say he's played terrible, but he hasn't been the flashy guy that he was the first few games of the season. I think that the Jets' defense does enough here to win. I think that they're they're rallied by Mike White. I think that team actually shows up to play. It was evident, Robert, in that Thursday night game. They just didn't want to play for Zach Wilson. I, I don't know about you, but it just looked like the team did not want to play for with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. I think Mike White, say what you want about him. I think he's just actually a mediocre quarterback, but I think the team will rise up. I think the defense will get a few picks, probably for some fumbles. And I ultimately think it will be the defense that wins them the game, not necessarily Mike White, but I'm going to go with the Jets on this one. It's actually one of my favorite picks of the week. Nice. Yeah. We're against each other here on this one then. Fair enough. And, you know, people, the Seahawks, they still do have an outside chance of making the playoffs. They literally need a thousand things to go right for them. But they're still competing. I don't think they're just going to let up. I think it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be close. But I still like the Jets to win by at least a field goal here. All right. We got the Saints and the Eagles next, Robert. We don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play or not. But what's the latest news on him and what are the odds? 
you know, with with this game, this one's been pretty much circled for me all week long. And I I'd have to make this line with Hertz not playing. Uh so with that being said, it's now six and a half. The total is now 44, Ali. I said last week, I don't think Minshew versus Hertz as quarterback is that big of a difference. They probably should have beat the Cowboys, but they had four fumbles in that or three fumbles in that game that they lost. I think that his his running backs really let him down. Boston Scott fumbled. Miles Sanders fumbled. I think that Gardner Minshew is a fine backup, probably, again, just like Teddy Bridgewater, top five in the league. The Saints, they can't score. They're struggling. I don't. I know they have an outside shot of winning the South in the NFC, but this is just a tough defense for them. Andy Dalton, if he could throw three picks on a Thursday night against the Arizona Cardinals a few weeks ago, I don't know how he's going to do against Philadelphia's defense, even though they have some injuries. I think that the Eagles win comfortably here, Robert, whether it's Minshew or Hurts. How about you? Right, yeah, and I, I agree as well. I think that they get the win in the cover. The big concern for me is, Look, Hertz is going to be back at some point, uh, but I I really uh, would think that if you're Philadelphia, you would like to get this one out of the way and and clinch number one throughout. That's that's going to be a big big key to succeeding, you know, down the stretch and making it to the Super Bowl. Uh, Lane Johnson is going to be missing for the regular season, and he's a really key key player. Uh, you know, one of the best offensive linemen on the right side that. You know, is in the game today, so uh, that may actually be a, a bit of a pain as well. So uh, the numbers right, six and a half is 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 probably right where I want it to be. Um, not any more than that. Uh, so I I think look, just like I said a couple of weeks ago, these juggernauts of the NFL they're just not covering lately. Uh, so I think this is one of those games where uh, favorite wins and no cover. All right, one we disagree on there. Let's move on to the Bears and the Lions. Bears actually competing against the Texans for the worst record in the league in that number one spot because the Texans, they might be the Jaguars this week. We'll get to that a little later. But what are we looking at here, Robert? Right, yeah, we open up the Lions five. It's already moved up to six, and the total now 52, Allie. I've been very good when I've backed the Lions this year. I said it last week. I was 10-0 entering last week. I picked against them for the first time in many weeks. I was right. The Panthers won. This week, I'm going back to the Lions. I just think that finally the Lions are playing a bad defense. Chicago is one of the worst defenses in the league. The Lions struggled a bit the past two weeks against two really good defenses with the Jets and the Panthers. Finally, they get to face again one of the worst defenses in the league. They have a great offense. I think that this game is pretty much wrapped up by the third quarter, at least. I know Justin Fields had a nice end of his season with running, even though he struggled last week against the Bills. But I think that the Lions offense is going to be too much for the Bears this week. So I'm back in the Lions again. How about you, Robert? Yeah, I, I definitely see that, that that here. With the Lions, I definitely see them coming up and picking up anywhere between uh, – at 24 points for certain. Uh, they've got a very good shot at, at cracking 30 again. Uh, actually, I, I'll probably say we'll probably look more towards, you know, the high 20s, low 30s. Uh, Chicago, I wanted to have them hang around. Uh, but obviously, look, we know Mooney's been out now for, you know, close to a month. Uh, Chase Claypool now is questionable. His, his, his knee got hurt on Christmas Eve. Uh 
you know, and, and now obviously, you know, St. Brown, he has a concussion. So not really much for firepower in terms of, of what Chicago is going to bring. So I think we're going to see them come really flat. Uh, so with that being said, uh, this one looks like a good, easy cover for the Detroit Lions. I also, let me know if you disagree, Rupert. I don't see them running Justin Fields as much a designed quarterback runs the next two weeks because you're not going anywhere this season. You're going to get one of the top two draft picks. Why risk Fields getting hurt? I think they might limit him to throwing more and running less. What do you think? That's actually a great point, right? There's no need to uh, risk his health anymore with two weeks to go. Uh, we, we know what he's capable of. He's he's going to be a really fantastic, dynamic quarterback. Uh, keep him safe. You're right. Uh, keep him in the pocket. You keep him in the pocket, and then I'll look at it from a sports betting perspective. That takes away a pretty darn good weapon of his, uh, and, and that'll stifle the offense. If that's true, Allie, uh, then now it makes me wonder if that total doesn't come close to going over. Very true. I actually like the under there, too. All right, let's move on with the team that has probably the one of the worst weeks ever, and that is the Broncos, no more than Nathaniel Hackett. There's been just a bunch of infighting on the sideline. They're a mess, but they're taking on the Chiefs, who they covered against a few weeks ago. What are we looking at here, Robert? This is one of those games where uh, it's the, the classic bounce on the team that has uh, a, a new head coach, and so this is exactly what happened here when we opened up Kansas City as a, uh, a big favorite. We opened them up 13 and a half, uh, crossed that number to 13 and then to 12 and a half. So Kansas City, 12 and a half and the total 45 now. I'm going to take the Broncos again. They just got totally embarrassed by the by the Rams on Christmas Day even though they don't have anything to play for. I always say I love backing teams coming off of embarrassing losses. This is an embarrassing loss they're coming off of. I don't think that they beat the Chiefs. I don't think they come anywhere close, but I think the Chiefs, they just do enough to win, maybe win by a touchdown. But I think that's too many points for me to lay with a Chiefs team that just really hasn't blown anyone out all year. What about you, Robert? Yeah, this this one's an easy one for me. This is like the, 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 the Davy and Goliath kind of a uh, of a lineup where I'm looking at the spread. I'm like, ah, there's too many points. So I, I I typically lean towards every time I see double digit point spreads, it's like I I, I really just want to grab hold of the dog. I know we, we started off the show with Tennessee uh, and their double digit points, but that's a different instance altogether. Here's here's one where I just don't think that we're going to see uh, Kansas City just run run way, way ahead of it. So at the 13, uh, I do like Denver here. Yep, me too. All right, this is another big one this week. We have the Panthers and the Bucks, the fight for the NFC South. What are we looking at here, Robert? Uh, you're right. This is for a home playoff game, Allie. This is impossible. How? How? I mean, if... <laughs> so to take a look at the spread here, uh, Tampa's at home, and if you told me Tom Brady was only going to be a three-point favorite at home against Carolina, I, I really wonder what the hell happened to this season. But uh, we know what happened to the season. And so uh, Tampa's a three-point favorite, the total 40. Every time I went against the Tampa Bay Bucks, and I was argued against a lot, notably against the, the San Francisco 49ers that you and I had a bet of a glass, a, a bottle of wine on. But... <laughs> I went for the Bucks the last two weeks against the Bengals, and then last week 
against the Cardinals. I was going to go with the Cardinals, but then when news broke on the show that McSorley was going to be the quarterback, I bit my tongue and went back to the Bucs. I am not supporting the Bucs anymore. I am not laying points with the with the Tampa Bay Bucs. I'm not, I don't even want any points with the Tampa Bay Bucs in the regular season. I'm going with Carolina here. I don't know if they win. Somehow maybe Tom Brady gets in the ref's ear and gets a call in his favor like we've seen so many times. But I think that the, the Panthers at least cover. How about you, Robert? I, I got it. I don't know. Like, it feels like Matt Rule got let go like seven years ago at this point. That's how long ago it feels. But it doesn't make sense. I mean, they're six and nine now. They completely look like a different team. Uh, I mean, is this insane? Uh, can we be talking about possibly this game not even mattering if DJ Moore didn't take off his helmet after right. celebrating? And they pick right. up the win instead, and now they'd be division champs already. Yeah. Is that close? It's crazy. Uh, football, football. Um, now nah, I'm taking the points here. <laughs> Give me the points with Carolina, too. I think that they actually are built better. Uh, and w- without the offensive line support that Tampa definitely needs for Tom Brady, I don't think they put this thing together. I think Carolina pulls out the win outright. Yeah, I wouldn't shy away from the money line, but I've seen stranger things happen with Tom Brady when he has playoffs on the line, so I will be safe and take the points with the Panthers. There will be some kind of, who knows, some kind of kick in the snow or a tuck rule, reimagine, something will happen. All right, let's move on to a game no one really cares about unless you live in Arizona and Atlanta, and that is the Cardinals and the Falcons. What are we looking at here? Yeah, you're absolutely right, yeah. Two games, uh, two teams here. Got nine wins between the two of them. We opened up Atlanta, three and a half points. Uh, that's exactly where it's at. The total now 42, Ali. Two bad teams. This one's easy. I'm just going to take the points with the lesser of the two evils. How about you, Robert? I'm not going to actually even fight and tug with you and debate on this. Actually, <laughs> uh, I, I give me points three and a half, especially with a hook. Uh, makes sense to me. All right, let's move on to the Jaguars and the Texans. Jaguars are kind of in the same boat as the Titans. They just need to win against the Titans next week. There's been whispers if they're going to sit some of their starters. They do have an outside shot of clinching that seventh wild card spot if if a million things go in their way, which isn't totally out of the question, but it, they would need a lot to happen. Easy next week, win, and you're in. So what are we looking at here, Robert? Right. And so we have, you know, there's two key players here that have altered the line just a little bit in in Houston's favor. Uh, But we did open up the game at Jacksonville four and a half points better on the road. The total 43 and a half that hasn't moved either. Yeah, I love the under here and I'm taking the Texans. I actually think the Texans beat the Jaguars this game. I think the Jaguars are in the same boat as the Titans. They're not going to show the Titans anything. They're going to make sure that they come to play next week. This is a meaningless game for the Jaguars. They just want to win next week. I think that this is the Texans, not only a cover, but a win here. How about you, Robert? This is exactly it, right? So we're going to see a lot more come out between now and kickoff on Sunday in terms of lineups and who's playing and who's going to just bench and, you know, be a healthy scratch, as they say. Uh, game doesn't matter, uh, right? And the game doesn't matter. They still have to come out and play, uh, you know, despite, you know, this this game really not meaning much for any of the two of them. Uh, I, I think that Houston 
gets the cover here. Even that being said, I still think with Jackson benching their stars, I think they still get the win here. Uh, so right. Houston, Houston plus the points. Uh, so Jacksonville picks up the win, no cover. All right. Yep. Take the points no matter what, especially with a bad team. I'm always like, if you have to doubt a bad team winning, just take the points. Let's move on to the 49ers and the team that shall not be named, Robert. What do we have here? This game uh, is really, really a, a, a exercise in how valuable a quarterback is, right? We opened up the 49ers as a six-point favorite early on Christmas. Uh, the next day, what it went down to five and a half, and then news came out that Derek Carr is not going to start anymore for the team based in Southern Nevada. So San Francisco is now a 10-point favorite, and the total, 41 and a half. There is probably the one in one million chance the Raiders have. They're mathematically alive at clinching that seventh wild card spot, but I don't think it matters. San Francisco's just been on a tear ever since Purdy Mania took over. They've not only won every game that Purdy has started and played in, but they've covered in every game as well. I'm not going to go against the trend. I am taking San Francisco here 100%, no matter who is starting for the Raiders. How about you, Robert? So this is an excellent point, right? Because we've got the game now all the way up to 10. So you're saying they cover 10? I say they cover 10. I, I, I think that I didn't even know who the Raiders backup was until I read that day that Derek Carr was getting benched. I, I, I literally had to look it up. I was like, who is it? Jared Stidham from the former New England Patriots. I'm definitely taking the 10 or laying the 10. How about you? Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know if, if the Raiders are going to be able to score a touchdown in this game, to tell you the truth. So uh, the difference, by the way, in, in, in terms of, of rank, power ranks, exactly how high uh, I had Carr versus Stidham, I, I dropped them a full three points. Uh, in in power rank, which makes sense here, as as that Raider uh, price went way way high. I I don't know how I'm going to get anyone to buy on the Raiders. To be honest, right now they're still laying the points here with the 49ers. Uh, I guess I kind of don't blame them. Uh, they they haven't lost. They've they've beaten everyone handily, uh, covering all the way around. So uh, even that 10 doesn't really fear me here. I I think that they get the win by double digits as well. I think this is an audition for uh, Josh McDaniels to say to Jimmy G, if you sign with us, this is the guy you got to compete compete with for the starting position. You pretty much want it, Jimmy G. So come to Vegas. This is what I'm seeing with there. Am I crazy <laughs> thinking uh, that? Great point. Great point. Exactly. Yeah. Let's beat this. I think, though, it's safe to say before we move on, Robert, that Derek Carr will not be in Vegas next year. Correct. Uh. I'll, let's 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 earmark this episode definitely. I think that we've seen the last of Carr and definitely the last of Josh Jacobs as well. Yep, I agree. I think that they're going to get a total makeover. I think Jimmy G is going to be a favorite to land there. I don't know if he will, but Josh McDaniels wants to rebuild the team how he wants to rebuild it. Let's move on to the Battle of LA, which has really no playoff implications whatsoever. And that's the Rams and the Chargers, Robert. What are we looking at here? Yeah, right, exactly. One team's headed, another team's definitely not headed. Uh, we've got the Chargers here. I went a little high, opened them up seven, uh, and got a quick nudge the other way. So now it's the Chargers, six and a half better than the Rams, total 40 and a half. 
I don't think Chargers have anything to play for. They've already clinched. This one's easy. I'm taking the Rams with the points that actually are feel good since Baker Mayfield take took over. I don't even know if they pull off the win, but that's just way too high of a number for me to lay points. I'm taking the Rams. How about you, Robert? Exactly. Once they clinch, it's going to be a lot of rest, rest, rest. Uh, I do like that six and a half points as well. All right. Let's move on to the final game that we got flexed to Sunday night. We have the Steelers and the Ravens. We still don't know, I believe, Robert, if Lamar Jackson is starting, correct? That is correct. Exactly. And uh, based on the line movement, I want to say that he's probably not going to play. Uh, we've moved the, the Ravens, who we opened up as a four-point favorite. Uh, that got hit immediately down to three and a half, then stayed at three for a while before this morning it got cut down to two and a half, the total 35 uh, that pretty much tells me everything I need to know that we're not going to see Lamar Jackson playing a home game here on Sunday night. I like the Steelers either way, but Robert, can we just have a deja vu to last year when the Steelers needed about a thousand things to go right in their direction to make the playoffs. And this year they need about a thousand things to go right to make the playoffs and it could happen. <laughs> what do you think? It could happen. You're absolutely right. I remember putting my notes together for this team week in and week out and it was just like okay well um you guys got uh kenny pickett and uh not much more so uh uh 2023 uh, and then the next week kind of the same comment kind of the same comment the week after that and now they're seven and eight somehow so uh a, a very well put together team that's got some really good tools up and down you know especially you know defensively so look without lamar jackson I don't have much faith in the Ravens at all. No, uh, I'm with you. I like the Steelers this game. I like the Steelers to win next week against the Browns as well. That will put them nine and eight on the year. But if you read my blog, I still predict the Jets to win the next two games. The Jets own the tiebreaker against the Steelers. They will end up moving on to the wild card. But if the Jets lose to the Seahawks this weekend, because again, I could be wrong, then I think the in my opinion, Robert, I think the Steelers would move as a favorite to make the playoffs. What do you think? That's a very, very good point. Exactly. If we had to do a little look ahead and say, you know, we know obviously right now we've got the Ravens as a two and a half point favorite. So the Steelers catching points in week 17. If we looked quickly ahead to the game in Cleveland, Ali, I mean, I'm going to have Pittsburgh probably a field goal favorite. Yeah, the only thing going against the Steelers, they do need Miami to lose their next two games as well. They may if Miami wins even one game, that'll eliminate the Steelers because the Dolphins did beat the Steelers earlier this season. So I think that the Steelers they're gonna win this week, they're gonna win next week, but I actually think they will be eliminated this week because I like the Dolphins. We talked about earlier to defeat the Patriots. What do you think about that? Yes. Yes, all, all of that, yes, absolutely. Not going to even, you know, give you a little bit of a of an opposite on that. I actually love that take. All right. Well, everyone, that's our show for today. We have a very exciting week of football coming up. Before we head out, I do want to get Robert's thoughts. We have ex two exciting college playoff games this week. We have Ohio State and Georgia. We have Michigan and TCU. Robert, real quick, what are the spreads on those games? Right. Yeah. Georgia is going to be six and a half points, the favorite over Ohio State with a total set to 62. And then in the next game, actually, so from a time perspective, I'm kind of looking at always from a, a rotation perspective. But the Peach Bowl, again, Georgia, six and a half and 62. 
And then in the Fiesta Bowl, Michigan, seven and a half and 58 and a half alley. I like both favorites here. And I'm one that I very rarely will sweep, sweep something with favorites, but I think that the degree between the number one and number two seed and the three and four seed are so vastly different. I think Georgia plows through Ohio state. I think Michigan does a good job keeping TCU at bay. I'm going to take both favorites here. How about you? Right. Yeah. I, I love Georgia to cover. Uh, I think Michigan gets the win, but somehow TCU keeps it close. All right. Well, we do have an exciting week and a football. I am actually glad there's no NFL on New Year's Eve because I do want to watch those college football games. It's an exciting time of year for football in general. I want to wish everyone a wonderful and happy new year. And before we sign off, Robert, any last words for the audience? <laughs> I just want to echo yours. Happy new year, everybody. Allie, happy new year. I'll see you on the other side of it. See you on the other side. We'll have plenty to talk about on Monday. Take care.